Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You've seen the size of our team. We have some big humans out there. We have uh, some people that relish those opportunities. They're not bluffers. When you want to f*** around, you sometimes you got to find out, so that's what happened. Getting late, I haven't seen my date, so tell me when the boys get in. The try Bouchard tip save rebound score. Try cycle. Fifth of the series, twelfth of the playoffs, and Edmonton takes a one-nothing lead. Taken by Nugent Hopkins. Bouchard high slot. Vegas cannot get a clear. Slot shot. Score. Two-nothing Edmonton. Bouchard pounds it home. And the Oilers lead game two by a deuce. Turnover charges William Carlson. He's in. He's denied by Skinner. And here comes Connor McDavid. Pulls away from Theodore to the net. Pokes it home. Short-handed goal. Yamamoto circle center. What timer score? And once again, it's Leon Dreisaitl. Six goals in the series, 13 in the playoffs, and Edmonton running Vegas right out of its own building at 4 nothing. Look where his name is uh, in terms of the playoff performances amongst the greats in the game. What he's doing is special, but it's not his first time. Last year, he did some things on one leg. Uh, so surprised, no more appreciative. Nugent Hopkins, side of the net, McDavid, shoots and scores. McDavid power play goal. Five nothing. Edmonton. We're gonna have a fight. Pulak against Brett Howden. Right at center ice. Pulak wrestled into the Vegas bench. No meaningful punches exchanged. Pulak ends up on top of him. And now a scrum at the opposite end of the ice. Some pushing and shoving. And Evander Kane starting to get some punches loose. He is pounding away on the midsection with three, four, five right-handed shots right in the ribs on Keegan Colasar. Five-nothing Edmonton off an oiler turnover. Swatted into the net by Ivan Barbashev. Costa didn't like the extra shot and goes right after Zach Whitecloud. Whitecloud better get a good, a good hold of Costa because Costa can shuck him. Costa lands a couple of overhand right hooks. Austin and White Cloud have been separated. But this game decided in an emphatic first period where the Oilers put the Golden Knights away early. Yeah, they were way better than us. And they separated from us quickly in the first period by converting on those power play opportunities. You know, credit them. They were better than us, hungrier than us, uh, converted better. No, and that's it. Last voice you heard there was Bruce Cassidy. Welcome, everybody, to the third hour of Oilers Now. It's 2.08 in Edmonton. Uh, special thanks to Derek Scott putting that together. And we're going to uh, bring aboard our next guest. He is our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K, today. And uh, we are pleased to be joined by Edmonton Oilers Assistant General Manager, Keith Gretzky. Hello, Keith. How are you? Great, Bob. How are you? Good. All right. You heard a little bit of that audio recap. Um, first, you've worked with the team since August of 2016, so you've been here the last, I guess, uh, six, seven seasons or so. Uh, is this the, the best team that the Oilers have had uh, that you've been a part of? I think where, where we're at is the big difference is our depth. And it's four lines and 60 or 70, whatever way you want to look at it. The goaltending um, 
we, we finally are depending on other players to score goals, and you need that in the playoffs. And, you know, everybody's bringing, you know, something to to the lineup. And you look at Derek Ryan the other night, he comes back in, and, you know, I think he's a difference maker. He's a quiet, smart player that, you know, is always on the right side of the puck. He's, he's in the play, and, and he makes things happen. Hmm, interesting. I mean, there might have been some people each of the last two seasons during the year that thought, is Derek going to finish off the two-year career up in Edmonton? And, and then he finishes with 13 goals and plus nine. And now you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, do the Oilers end up signing a 36-year-old guy like that? And Jay Woodcroft was effusive in his praise. Uh, that said, you got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. You were with a very good Boston organization that went to the Stanley Cup Twice when you were there, you wanted, once, once, you, once. you were there for the 13 run, uh, which is still, I'm sure, a little bit bitter for you that you, you didn't get that one. Um, but we are watching two guys at the absolute height of their powers. Have you? And it's, I mean, it's ridiculous. What <laughs> you're laughing about, Leon, aren't you? Well, it, you know, they're just so dynamic, and and but it's, you know, you've watched over the last couple of years, and and you know, Ken Holland talked about doing the little things to to sacrifice for the team and you can score goals and and you know try to outrun the other teams but it's also playing smartly of dumping chase when you need to or blocking shots and you know back checking and things like that the little things that really win you games and win you series to get you to the stanley cup um and you see the the revolution of the the great players that are are buying in and doing the little things and and it carries over on you know everybody else what's it like for you as the guy that's down in bakersfield that's living and breathing it on a day-to-day basis when you watch the ongoing maturation of players and we'll go evan bouchard ryan mcleod and Stuart skinner i guess we'll add darren to lad as well but those four guys they spent a lot of time with uh, you know you and jay and then uh i guess in bouchard's case he didn't work with colin but uh and norton really didn't ryan mcleod but just you know what does it make you kind of like a proud papa watching it or (laughs) is it the way it's supposed to work i mean at the end of the day yes that's uh, any good organization your your team is built through the draft and they've got to play in the minor leagues I, i i firmly believe that after ken came in and he asked me to go down there and, and take charge of it. And he wanted you to live there too, right? Of course, of course. You have to be there every day and know what's going on. It's not just on the ice, it's off the ice. It's it's dealing with, you know, everyday problems. Right. You know, they're kids. They're, as you said, the children. And and as a proud parent. And you know what? That's that's what the job's about. You, you give them, you know, things to... Uh, on and off the ice to help them as a person and and you know Stu Skinner's worked his tail off we all know that um Ryan McLeod a couple of years ago in the American League couldn't even win a face off and then you watch him in in the playoffs 55 percent in the playoffs it's, it's right a, now. but it, that's the hard work and learning and it started in Bakersfield and and the one thing that probably you know some people may overlook the odd time as as that's one of the big things that Ken Holland stressed and and wanted and and um I think you know knock on wood that we're in the right direction we've been doing that and you know we all want to win down in Bakersfield but the biggest thing is developing and we try to put you know very good veterans down there to show the kids how hard you have to work on and off the ice how to live properly um so that when they do get a chance to play in Edmonton that they're ready and and I, I 
you know, I think we've done a pretty good job. So when the team dropped to 21-18-3, that was around the time that the ARNA was recalled. Uh, we had a lot of 60% of the Texas to the show the next day. It was a Tuesday. Said Edmonton was going to miss the playoffs. And then they, the owners had the best record in the NHL afterwards, 29-5-6 in their final 40 games of the year. Jay Woodcroft, you had him down there. Uh, he spent three and a half seasons down in Bakersfield uh, with Dave Manson. And uh, right now, uh, he has the best points percentage of any coach in the National Hockey League in the last 40 years of any coach that's coached more than 100 games in the NHL, more than 100. He's number one. Only Tom Johnson, who was with Boston when they were absolute wagon back in the early 70s, probably should have won You know, a couple. I mean, he didn't win in 70-71. They won in 69-70 when he was there, and he got sick and had to shut her down. Uh, he's the only guy that's got a better points percentage. Did you see that with, like, I mean, you worked with Jay for, what, two and a half seasons, three and a half seasons? Did you see it coming? Because you were sort of amateur scouting for a couple of those years. Right, right. And then you went down there. And, yeah. you know, the, th- the thing with Woody and his staff, it's it's the, yeah. whole, the whole group of them, of, of from the video guy to, to Woody, it's they, they, they won't get outworked. Um, they're going to be prepared like everybody else but I think they're more prepared and and that's not knocking other people they're all everybody's prepared nowadays but he's so smart and and he will get his way he does you know we kind of joke that he doesn't know the word no yeah. um, which is a it's a good th- trait to have a great trait I think and he's very you know we all do we're we're emotionally connected and and you you live and die the the hockey and you know what? He's you know great on him. He deserves it. I know how hard he worked down there. Um, and I remember when he got asked to go down there? That's still you're going from the NHL to the American League. He put his ego aside, and you know he jumped on board, and it's turned out to be a, a blessing for everybody, not just you know the team himself, the organization. All right, let's get to some of your guys that you had this season that our <laughs> listeners who are texting us on the Ashley Five Floors text line want to know about, and we're going to start with a pair of guys at LQ. Xavier Borgo, first-round draft choice, went 21st overall in uh, 22nd overall in the 2021 NHL draft, and Raphael Lavoie, who was a second-round pick in 2019 because to me, from afar, and I'm, I will profess, I did not watch every game the team played, but it kind of looked like they had opposite seasons where, you know, Borgo started pretty good and then went quiet for a long stretch, whereas Lavoie started poorly and then had a real good stretch and maybe reemerged a bit as a legitimate NHL prospect. But you tell me how the how those two guys performed. I'll start with Borgie. You know, Borgo started off really well. He was hot. He, I thought he was involved, and, and um, you know, I was like, wow, this guy's showing what we thought. <clears throat> and then a little bit happened is that the Oilers, of course, had injuries. Uh, we had injuries. We lost uh, Malone and Costin, um came up, and that's who he was playing with. Uh, I think that hurt him in a sense. It was like a security blanket. And, <clears throat> you know, our division is tough. It's, it's, it's the last of the tough divisions in minor pro hockey. Yeah, it's tough. They're men. There's a lot of older players. They're bigger, stronger. And I think a little bit, Borgie's, you know, a young kid. They're kids. And he's got to get stronger and and be heavier. And, and that takes time. And, you know, you'll, I thought he played in spurts is the best way to explain it. And then he got a concussion, and he, he missed a, a fair amount of games. Um 
and then I thought he came back and, you know, he's feeling his way a bit. Um, but as a whole, you know, it's everybody thinks you score 40 in goals in college or junior and you can just come in and do it in, in the American Hockey League and everybody forgets you got to work harder. They're bigger, stronger. Um, it's not going to come as easy. You're not going to get the two full minutes of the power play. Um, so yeah, take all those into into uh, content and and go from there. And you know, I I think this summer for him is a very big summer for him. Um, he's got to really pay the price. I saw him work hard, and you always want kids to work harder. Um, so for him, it's it's a big, big, big off season, and you know, it's probably starting now. Hopefully for him. Um, Au revoir. For for Rafi, I I'm gonna tell you it's. <laughs> As you say, your children, you know, like you invest a lot of time with them and we invest a lot of talks with Rafi and explain it. Um, <clears throat> first of all, he came in, he was injured, and and I think he missed like eight months, something like that. Right. You know, <clears throat> so a little bit on our fault too because we want him up and running, you know, like a Cadillac ready to go right from the get-go. And it takes time to get your timing back. And, you know, mentally, my knee's okay or shoulder's okay, whatever it is to to feel like yourself and <clears throat> I thought he was turning the puck over a lot he was losing his man consistently um, things that can't happen to an older player even though he's a younger kid and so I, I third year pro right right and I remember um, he had just come back from an injury and it wasn't feeling great probably could have played and Colin came to him and goes you know I, I want to sit them and let them see a game. And we're, I know people and the fans hate when we do that. But 100% it, and the broadcasters. Right, right. But myself and my boss is okay with that. You can't sit them eight games. But it's okay to watch once in a blue moon and, and you know, we call it getting spanked and, you know, understand this is how you got to do it. And, you know, I told Colin, I said, we'll take heat for it, but I got your back, and we're good. You know, yeah. it's 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 a lesson learned. And, and Rafi, on, and all for Rafi, took a lot of credit. He worked his tail off. I thought he learned to use his size. He, he's a big man, heavy man. He won puck battles, um, and then he started scoring. And <clears throat> when you have a shot like him, um, you know, it's – it's hard to stop. It's hard to stop, but it wasn't just the goals. Everybody looks at the stats and say, great, you know. It's not about that. And and in the playoffs, he lost his man twice and they scored. You know, we sat, we, co- coach had to sit him. It's the way it is. And and it's, you know, we're in playoff time. And he came back right back out and scored. And, you know, I, I give Rafi a lot of credit. He's had a lot of bumps um, with injuries, with, uh, you know, both coaches. Um, it's hard. You, you're used to playing a lot, but uh, I know, I know Sly Rodrigue talked to him a lot, being you know yep. from Quebec, and and worked a lot with him too, and and I give him a lot of credit because he he didn't drag his lip. He went out there and got 25 goals, and if he was healthy, I I think he would have scored a lot more. Um, but again, now he's done his contract and and. We always say the offseason is the biggest thing. It, it is for him. because, well, it's, and, and it's critical <laughs> for the organization because he has to clear waivers next right, year. Right. He's probably going to be on the team at the start of next right. season. So he's got to come in yeah. and not give him a reason to cut him. And, I mean, 
he's big and strong. It's hard to find those guys, and and but he's again conditioning and you know we're kind of just six foot four, two hundred twenty pound right wing. Keith Kretzky is the assistant general manager. He runs the farm team in Bakersfield. Was there anybody that surprised you this year? Exceeded expectations for maybe what you thought they might be capable of? Um. Kesselring was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we traded him. We, you have that asset. But in a sense, did it surprise me? Because we were stressing play defense. You know, right, shut, right, down, right, right. shut down, shut down, shut <laughs> down. First game he scores on our he first goal. Yeah. He had like- and great for him because I, I will tell you, Bob, because I'm there, I walked through. He worked his tail off before practice and especially after practices, after games. He was always in that gym. So when I see that, I hope a guy, you know, gets right. a chance and plays because that's the culture we have. And we want to win. Trust me, we want to win. And and it's hard when you lose. Nobody wants to always lose. And, and we got to get those young kids in yeah. proper situations. Um, and Phil wasn't a kid. And little known fact, you actually went with me to go see him skate Couple of years ago, yeah. like like way back when, like in 1920, before the Oilers signed him in 2022, he ended up with 19 goals. He, oh, huge! He he would be, you know, a surprise because he started off slow. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he hadn't played center a long time. We moved him to to center. His face-offs, yeah, were okay. And then they just took off. He was like, you know. It's funny, you, you walk by him, and I would tell him, it's like, I can't watch you with your stick up in the air. Have it on the ice on a breakout because the puck's going right by you. Yeah. So he would re- remember those things, and right. that, those are little things you teach him. So Cass and, and, and Noah, Noah's, you know, big, strong kid, um, can shoot the puck, um, like to shoot it, see him shoot it more. When he wants to be physical, he's physical, but I thought he was really, really good in face-offs. Underrated. Um, I think he worked at it. You know, watch yeah. him in practice. That's one area. You, you can't hide in those things. So well, he'll be good inter- on him. Yeah, well, he'll be an interesting guy to watch. Look, we'd be remiss. Uh, Dylan Holloway. We're getting a text here on Dylan Holloway. He only got in uh, 12 games for it. He's had seven goals and 10 points. I have him all day on the Edmonton Oilers next year. Like, I think he's playing. I have him all day in the top nine. I think he's playing third line left wing next season. Uh, I mean, he played 50 games for the Oilers. What did you see when he was down there? Speed, and and he killed penalties really well. You know, you you have that those legs. That's a that's a great thing. I think offensively, he was good. Not great in in the sense, and I say not great. I think he just tried so hard to carry the mail and right. do it all by himself because, you know, when you you've played in the NHL and you come down a league and and you want to just score score so bad. I think he was a little tight in that area, um, but. He he's got speed like there's no tomorrow, and and I like to see him use it. He started using it in the right situations to get the D to back in, drive to the net, and you know looking not to pass all the time. And you know good things happen when you use your speed and drive to the net. There's going to be if you don't score, there's going to be a rebound. Keith, there are some uh, general managers that only want the GM speaking on behalf of the organization. I asked Ken Holland uh, in the off season, are you comfortable if I have Keith and Brad Holland and Bill Scott and Tyler Wright? on during the year, and he said, absolutely, because I wanted to get a different manager on at least once a week on the show. We appreciate the multiple times you came on and joined us. I think it says a lot about Ken, too, that he was open to doing that.
that because yeah you know what we're we call it like a family we're our, our own team too yeah and we all want to succeed we all we're not always going to agree on the same things and that's right. okay that's right. you know at the end of the day ken's our boss and and whatever he says goes and you know if you would have asked me four years ago you know moving to bakersfield what would you be doing it's like no i wouldn't be there but ends up being down there it's you know how important it is and every guy has their niche and and to to bring something to the table great stuff keep your headset on for a second uh we'll take a quick time out you're listening to orders now all right welcome back everybody bob Stoffer and brendan escott joining you it is uh 229 in edmonton We'll go to a quick text for uh, on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. Bob, I was all for giving Evander Kane a chance, but he's turned out way better than expected. And off the ice, he's a great community guy. I think of all those gifts he gave at Christmas, and then he's got the young cancer girl and her mother that have uh, come over to his home to play with the kids and stay for a day or two. Very generous. I love the wrestling heel analogy. The Cuban assassin is one of my friends, and he would be proud of Evander Kane. There you go. Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang say, Go Oilers, go! Special flash sale out at Brent Ridge Ford in Wetasco in 10K, 10,000 off remaining 2022 F-150s. The boys also say they're still paying top dollar for trade-ins. They have a run on used vehicles and need more. If you have a vehicle that's in good condition, they'd be happy to buy it outright as well. You can reach them, 780-352-6048. Brent Ridge Ford is your four-truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetasco. When we return John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. It's 2.30 in Edmonton. Off to a Global News Weather Traffic Update with Randy Kilburn. 